Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Carl from Milton Keynes, and you're listening to Dame Baptiste Questions Everything. My question is, when it comes to music and the arts, do they really not make them like they used to anymore? Or does nostalgia cloud our judgment? Okay, people, here comes the show. And remember, question everything. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, a podcast with myself, comedian, writer, and occasional actor, Dane Baptiste, my producer friend, Howard Cohen, a.k.a. The Hizzer. Hello. And a mix of very special guests pose the questions that need to be asked, and we are talking everything from... Everything from Carl, from Milton Keynes' question, do they not make music like they used to, or does nostalgia cloud our judgment? What a question. Dane, what do you reckon? Um, I think, I think most people still make music in the same way. I think, uh, music industry probably, uh, has stayed very, very much the same in terms of music is made or structured in order to realize, you know, commercial gain as Mm. opposed to like, you know, being, uh, art itself. The main part of it is nostalgia so far as the sound of it, but I feel like... That's it, isn't it? Like that Motown stuff will always sound that different thing right it'll sound yeah it'll sound different but then yeah, you right. know but then you know that we need that you know first some of the music that we hear listen to today is sampled from that era as well and you know we have we, we will romanticize that kind of era where it was like those are the days but you know a lot of those a lot of those uh performance from them days had the same social ills that they were dealing with some of the worst social injustices of the time and also you know a lot of drugs a lot of guns and stuff like marvin Gaye was shot like you know frankie Lyman died of a heroin overdose so i feel like the music and the music industry hasn't changed i think artists are the same but yeah i think we'll always have that yearning for nostalgia because that's because normally music is used to uh underscore a particular point in our life so yeah there's no question too stupid no question too serious no question too silly so if you like the show please rate and review on apple Podcasts or follow us on spotify and you will never miss an episode or you can subscribe to us on acast the world's largest podcast network where you get to hear all the questions being answered from all of our very special guests and with that being said on today's show is a comedian documentarian and a writer in his first two years in comedy he won the comedy cafe new act of the year competition and chalk Student Comedy Award. You may have seen him on TV shows such as The John Bishop Show, Live at the Apollo, and 8 out of 10 Cats. He became one of the faces for the Vice and TV channel with his own series, Hate Thy Neighbor. And he recently hosted Comic Central's Live at the Edinburgh Festival series and is an avid comic fan and is potentially going to become an honorary member of the Wu Tang Clan. Please welcome to the show the one and only Jamali Maddox. Yo, 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 what's up? What's, what's up, up, man? How you it's doing? Really yeah, I'm good, brother. You know, I forgot about the, the, the Comedy Calf Award. Yeah, yeah. It's weird yeah. that people still bring that up because that's just like a win on the night. There you go. <laughs> you know hey, wait, it happened, it happened, it happened. You, 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 you won the... Yeah, Benny Vinci, all that one's there. That's how it's done. That's it. You, you won the Laughing Pig Award and shit like that. <laughs> I, um, I, uh, do you know what? Like, a uh, quick story. Yeah. Like, one time, talking about the Wu-Tang Clan, I interviewed them for a podcast and it was so bad we couldn't release it. <laughs> 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 it was so like they were so difficult oh, that, man. that even like and the fucking like the film because it was like being paid for and the film crew were just like and the producers <laughs> oh, are they're gonna push me to push this out and then even the producer was like yeah nah like that was embarrassing let's just not even we <laughs> 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 spent bare money on it but fuck oh, it don't worry Jamali we we, 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 did, we were talking to Ghostface about him coming on the show I was emailing yeah. him directly it looked like and yeah. um I, I, I mean, the amount of money he asked yeah, for, crazy. it's like, I don't know what you think this is, mate, but, yeah, you know. Yeah, good luck. If you, if you get Ghostface, good luck getting any tangible conversation from him, man. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's, like, he's, yeah. like, he's not really into it, man. I remember, I, nah, how many, how many, how, was it the whole crew when you was there? Like, no, nah, well, basically, long story short is, so it was meant to be everyone. It, was meant, it went down from everyone for an hour and a half to three members for 10 minutes. Mm. And it was just like, it was, so I got left with RZA, Master Killer and Ghostface 
And okay. to be honest with you, uh, to be honest with you, Master Killer was the coolest one out of them all. Yeah. But he's the one you least want to do. Exactly, exactly. That's the hardest <laughs> yeah, thing. That's the hardest thing. He's exactly great guy, person who we're least interested in. And then yeah. the RZA, who is overly hardcore Wu Tang, and Ghostface, who's pretty temperamental. Oh. So it's like if he's not in the mood, yeah. I saw him he like almost beat up Nardwa once. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He had, he had, a, he had a two fake. So yeah, with the other two fake, he took it out on me and my podcast. Rizzo was, Rizzo, Rizzo was the worst. Rizzo started like Rizzo just like started talking about God, and then oh, okay, okay. Told, me, told, told me like this long joke that was like really misogynistic. <laughs> and I was just like, it was like, it was like, so like you know, there's a chick and she's sucking my dick, and I'm like, oh, okay, all right, man. cool, okay, bro. <laughs> um, all right, fam. I was actually, I was actually thinking about. Um, I mean, I, I, I think if we could have any of them on, I, I do think Meth, Meth is yeah. an interesting man, right? Like, no doubt. And I, I didn't really, I forgot basically that he was a, he's been an actor, isn't he, for quite a long mm. time? He had a, he had a sitcom with Redman. They had a sitcom. Yes, I remember. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it was. And apparently, like, it was like getting fucked up by the uh, producers and that. But um, I yeah, Meth Man looks like the most professional. Yeah, I just noticed because yeah. I've been rewatching the uh, the HBO series Oz. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in Oz, isn't it? And, and he was in The Wire. Yeah, and, and he, yeah, he was, and he was. All, I think he's in one of the, a few of the, maybe one of the Marvel films. I'm pretty sure he's in one of them. He was, he was in that show with um, Black Thoughts of Pimp as well. It's supposed to be really good. I haven't seen it. It was like oh. an HBO show. Yeah, he, but I remember he was. He played Cheese in the Wire, and he got shot by Brother Mazumbo. That's right. Brother Mazumbo, the, 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 oh no, he got no, he got he got shot Islam. by he got shot by Slim Charles. Hmm. Oh, I thought he got shot by the Nation of Islam. Guy was, the was Brother Muzon, um, he left after they killed uh, Stringer. And then yeah, yeah, basically yeah, yeah, what yeah. happened is, I think after Marlo leaves, then the co-op gets back together. And uh, then, oh. they, and then they, shoot, they shoot Slim Charles because uh, Method Man gave up Prop Joe. Yes, mm. yes, yes. Spoilers, by the way, for Spoilers. anyone who's watching these. But you deserve it if you're not so, if you're not so you're <laughs> You know what's so funny about, about the Method Man thing as well? Because just uh, I was watching an interview with him yesterday. He was talking to Fat Joe, and he was saying that, you know, obviously because there was a lot of, the loyalty was a big issue with the Wu-Tang, so a lot of the time he'd have to sneak off and do individual yeah. projects. So that's how he ended up doing Method Man and Red Man and doing that tour, and then obviously how that yeah, kind of spawned. Right. And also, because he's the only person that features on uh, um, Born to, uh, Ready to Die, sorry? Yeah, so, oh, Biggie, Biggie. Yeah, he's the only person on Biggie's first album. And at the time, uh, Ray and Ghost had beef with uh, Biggie as well. Uh, Shark Biters yeah. on the purple tape. Blackout album's one of the great of all time now, it's isn't it? It's a good album. That's a great good album. Good album. That's like a that great album. album. Really good. I mean, it's sort of like, you'd, you'd be surprised that uh, two guys who aren't from the same crew yeah. like and and sort of came together with so... like They're probably one of the best duos in hip-hop. Absolutely. And, it, and, it, and it's... It is, it's so cool because they, they started off like a nice little thing of, well, I guess they started off because I feel, uh, did Talib and Most Def do Black Star before them? Yeah. I don't, yeah, yeah. Did they? I'm yeah, not sure. Was, I'm trying to remember. Uh, I'm not sure if I remember. Before. But I was just before, yeah. But I mean, yeah, it, I wish that would happen so much more in hip hop. I mean, it's, it's starting to happen again. I, yeah. I think obviously Drake did the, the, the mixtape with Future. But yeah, there's yeah. so much more. Of that. Are you are you are you forgetting about Little Wayne and uh, Jules Santana's mixtape? Oh yeah, true, <laughs> true, true, <laughs> true, true. I, I can't feel my face mixtape. <laughs> I had to find that from Dark and Cold in Central London. <laughs> 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 or the little goons that used to bully you into buying fucking DVDs. Oh man, those guys are the worst. Uh, if you're if you're still a, a, a rap goon and you're still selling mixtapes on the street, you know what? Like, I mean, I'm, are you surprised? Because at this particular point now, you should be able to literally just walk around with like a barcode and then send people to your um, SoundCloud. But pff, mm. I can't tell you to get your money. Some people maybe just like the old, maybe they just like the hustle. Who knows? Hmm. Yeah, um, it's probably time for a question, isn't it, Dane? As the format of this show dictates. Absolutely. So, Jamali is our very esteemed guest. We want to thank you for coming on the podcast. And uh, as you know, the format goes that we will uh, invite our guest to ask a question, any question they would like, which we discuss for 15 minutes and some change. Then, how to ask a question, and we will do the same. And then, lather, rinse, repeat. I will ask a question, which we'll discuss same amount of, same amount of time. Then, we'd like you to let our listeners know where they can find you and how they know more about you. Uh, sound like a plan? So, sounds good to me. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. It's fucking nice, quick and concise. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Wham, bam, Wu-Tang Clan. Thank you, ma'am. There we <laughs> so, go. Uh, so uh, please ask the first question when you're ready. Um, so basically, I, I was trying to, because I listened to podcast, big fan of the podcast, and I wanted to find a, a, an important and permanent question. <laughs> and uh, the question I want to ask is, in these uh, mad times, um, 
it seems like it's going to be the end of the world. And I want to know if the world ends, what's your survival plan? Mm. <laughs> so Dane's probably goes, got this written out, I imagine, yeah, already. Because I've been like, cause during when lockdown happened, it kind of, and I went on the YouTube hole and I guess my anxiety kind of kicked yeah. in. I did start thinking, oh, fuck, like I should actually, so can I swear? Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, swear, swear absolutely. Like, it's like, the end oh, of the fucking world, Jamali, you can swear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, like, I was like, oh, fuck, I better start actually uh, prepping. So I got like really deep into like sort of not too deep into the survivalist videos of conspiracy, but in terms of just, you know, how to store food. I bought and I ended up buying an air rifle and seeds. Nice. That was like one of my survival <laughs> <laughs> was an air rifle. So I bought this air rifle on a line. Such a good bought, combination. It's a start. Yeah, I know, it's I know. a start. It's a I start. I bought air rifle and seeds and I've been like looking at bug out bag backpacks but you know there's sort of like and there's sort of many ways how it could collapse we could end up in you know obviously you know there could be uh, environmental issues there could be uh, there could be a sort of collapse of the financial system there could be uh, you know so it's just in terms of like say like we're talking about Mad Max I think that's the funniest scenario it's like a Mad Max wasteland no law desertification like you know Mm, yeah yeah. Scott's going back yeah yeah, dystopia, like you know, desert, yeah, kind of desertification yeah. of, of the land. Um, yeah, no, it's a good point because I feel like I've done the same, you know, I've had to kind of run through my uh survival kit, but it's very important, as you said, to make a distinction between what causes the apocalypse. Because, for example, at the moment, you could argue viral outbreak could cause yeah. the end of civilization, so in that case, you might need, I suppose, you may need some antiviral drugs or some kind of supplements that can boost it as well. I feel like there's essentials that go with your survival kit. So I'd say a some form of water purification. Yeah. So mm. if that involves like, maybe I just get like a whole bunch of like Brita filters. Yeah. <laughs> so then a bunch of Brita filters, yeah, yeah, yeah. like maybe like some activated charcoal. I even read, I believe I read in um, like a GQ article a couple of years ago, that you can put a little bit of like bleach in your water to slightly chlorinate it and mm. disinfect it. Yeah, so true, I'd yeah. use that as well. So then, I suppose, and then I just need like a, I probably need like a, a, a lighter, like a Zippo. So yeah. if, if I want to just further distill my water or light a fire, I'm bringing that along as well. So I bring it. But then I feel you can get like, I'm, I'm sure there's lights that work underwater and stuff. But if not, flares, I probably need flares. So I get some flares going. Flares. Flares sound yeah, good. Yeah. Um, it kind of makes me, um, mad when i think about it because america is most prepped because they sort of have allowed guns and they're allowed sort of you know uh they have much more sort of land and mm. shit when england we're kind of f yeah we're so mm. f in england yeah we, we, we don't have very few bunkers all of our bunkers are like war bunkers yeah. and they're like tourist attractions yeah. so you get in there and it's like why are there t-shirts and where there's originals here it's a fucking apocalypse so yeah. yeah, we're not we're not particularly mm. well prepped for it. But then, but then Americans, I think they're pre, they're obsessed with it, and I feel like people leave out that while Americans materialistically, I think there's definitely for survival, there's a real revenue stream in the industry there. I think just the normal disposition of most Americans um, means they would struggle, and that's only evidenced by the fact that while there are some American militias and kind of like you know doom cults where people are living by themselves and, and recycling their own urine, and that's working great for them. The fact that most Americans can't handle wearing a mask tells me mm. they will kind of struggle. Now, whether or not you, whether you, whether you, whether, where, whether you sit or you're pro or anti the whole mask thing, the fact that it's considered such an inconvenience and a physical shackle to so many people, I'm like, so if you have to try and escape a irradiated zone through a series of underground tunnels mm. that might require some kind of hazmat equipment. If you're already like, a mask, that's hard. You probably aren't going to make it into yeah. the new uh, dystopian world. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think as well is like if they start saying, uh, my rights, and you go, it's the end of the world. There are There's the no rights. More rights. Done. <laughs> There's no more rights. Stop fucking saying about your constitution. Exactly. It's God has forsaken us. Run. Are you blind? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it is interesting, isn't it? Because you definitely, I mean, I think the first thing for me, Jamali, is, is that... I do not own any weapons uh, other than the ones in my kitchen, which, you know... Are the best ones, Howard, because you don't have to reload the knife. 
Yeah, so I, <laughs> good point. Um, but I think I do have a friend. I'm not going to name him just in case he has a problem with me sharing the fact that he has loads of weapons. Um, but I am going to go to his house. I've told him that already. Um, yeah. Particularly if it's a zombie apocalypse, that'll be the... the, the oh, most. a zombie, that'd be a good one, isn't it? Um, but I realised, to be honest with you, mate, that when I actually, you know, got involved in this whole, you know, the, the, the pandemic hit and you were like, okay, I've got to, you know, start thinking about other things. Um, I'm fucked, basically. I am fucked. <laughs> I am not the guy... Um, I, the, the only thing I've got here that I have ordered uh, as part of this kind of thing is uh, I've got six bags of um, wholemeal organic risotto rice. That's like the most middle class kind of panic buy ever. So I'm fucked, man. Like, I, I'm, I don't even think I'm going to make it out of the house. Like, I'll probably injure myself on the way to the car to escape. Like, it's to just... Twist your ankle or something. Twist my ankle. I have to call the ambulance who are just like, will you fuck off? There's a fucking yeah. zombie apocalypse. How, there's not going to be any reception, Howard. You need, what you need is a seat. TV radio <laughs> with a short a shortwave yeah. radio so it can be like I could be like you know Jamal, Dane, Dane and Jamali to base Dane and Jamali to base you you can't rely yeah. on these kind of things Howard I feel like the can it sounds like the cannibals are probably going to eat you first yeah uh, I'm done. unless of course you can whip up a very good risotto super quick <laughs> you have like a sign in your yeah. house saying we'll give we'll, we'll give refuge if you have a nice bottle That's of wine exactly. <laughs> 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 if anyone can bring Chapata, you're welcome. Yeah, 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 thing, yeah. yeah. What's the vintage as you look through the little flap of the door? What's the vintage? <laughs> <laughs> the slider. Hold it up to the door. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hold up the door. Hold up the vintage that's to the door. That's a cat. That's a cat. Please, please. please. I'm trying to mouse. That's all I want a mouse. I saw the hat. Is that box wine? Please, please. Please. Yeah, yeah. Push out the mouse. My baby. My baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I think I think it's yeah, scary how woefully unprepared people are, and you know, it's evidence for me. It's evidence. I think it's just the way people's priorities have been able to change, especially because, like, mm. do you remember like the first kind of riots we had here in like the eighties, uh, where people were writing for like you know poll tax and you know their civil rights, and you know, yeah. the second time we had riots, people were like stealing trainers and uh, raiding JD Sports and stuff, which I feel like mm. shows you how people's uh, focus has shifted as they've become consumerists over the last decade or so. So I think yeah. most people are, I, I think if we live in a time, Jamali, yeah, where people need a, a watch to tell them how many steps they've taken, we are in trouble. If you need, if you need, a, phone, yeah. if you need a phone to tell you to go walking or, you know, a lot, remember a lot of people can't even exercise unless you can see them doing it on Instagram. So yeah, yeah. I just think, I think we're both unprepared. I, I've kind of gone through my essentials. I feel like I said, I think it's water filled, like a water filtration or water source. Uh, and then mm. um, I probably need some antibiotics and uh, you've got to head out of the city as well. Yeah. You've got to head out of the and, uh, city, right? You can't. No, this is, depends, depends, Howard. You can be on the outskirts, maybe to go into the city for supplies like scrap metal or maybe. Like, uh, you need to watch fun. all of The Walking Dead, mate. I've watched all 10 series of The Walking Dead and it's not very good. <laughs> you've watched you all this. 10 seasons they, and that didn't even let you know. Ah, uh, maybe I should invest in an air rifle just, just in case. Yeah. Do you know what I want to do? You know what I might as well do as well? You know what I might definitely do as well, Jamali? Yeah. I'm going to be involved in mm. fermenting fruits. So, like, if I find like discarded oh, fruits oh. and stuff. I'm going to have a whole fermentation thing. So basically, I'm going to set up like a, a brewery or a distillery. And that's how I make my money in the new world. Trading, uh, I'll be trading, uh, you know, my alcohol for, you know, pelts or water, yeah. moisturizers. Uh, yeah. And I'll be like, I draw the line at people. Because, you know, some people are like, what about yeah. these kids? They? And I'll be like, I draw the line at that shit. And then they... Yeah, I, I think I think one of my plans for the apocalypse is to go into business with Dane. Generally, I think Dane will be <laughs> Dane will be like a kingpin <laughs> kind of character. Like you know, yeah. he's like a bit like Red in uh, the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. You know, he, he's a man who knows yeah. how to get things. Also, like, there'll be my know, stable yeah. of uh, sex workers which we use as bait for like the most corrupt <laughs> souls in the new world. So I'll be like, you like Buttercup here? She just turned seventeen, and the guy's like, ooh, I like that. So then they go back and then we rub yeah. them strip, strip. And Buttercup's yeah. got this big zombie killer knife. She's like, take it off, mister. And then, you know, <laughs> like Booker Eli just like Booker vibe. Eli vibe. Just like that. <laughs> but you, you bring up a good point, though. It's that weird thing. And I know it's kind of like um, cliche, but you do realize that in these times, like the you, you lack the basic skills that aren't the system. Like, mm. you know, like people can't fish. They can't hunt. Mm. They don't know how to... Uh, build a fire they don't know that all of these sort of basic things that were the essentials of you know living and surviving are sort of just dead and gone like nobody knows to do and it's just the minimum basics like setting a fire Nav and navigating feeding the yourself compass as well or just, yeah navigating reading yeah, the fucking map. map i can't read the map 
Jamali, do you think you'll be do you think you'll be any good in an apocalypse, Jamali, or will you? I want to. I want to think instincts would kick in, but I've been in situations where I'm str- like I this. I tell you this story. I was in LA, right? I've gone downtown LA, mm. and I've left my phone in the Uber in downtown LA, and it's drove off. And there was no like instinct. There was no like, oh shit, like let me learn how to ride a passport. Literally, I just, I just literally looked at the sky and it went, I live here now. That was, that was my whole thing. I live here oh, now. Man. There was no. There. But you know what I'm saying? There's no. It's like being in front of a hospital and you're like, where the fuck am I? And like, it's through the wind yeah. just blowing in your butt. And like, you know, 28 days later when the dude wakes up in yeah. hospital and he's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, what mm. the? Because that's how I lost. My phone just went on the fritz when I was in New York and they were like, you have to go to the Apple Store and try and restore it, and I'm like, how? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's not even real. that's still using the system. And it's just like I like to think I would survive. Like I like to think that I have some, um, um, you know, either instinct. I think all men kind of, or all people kind of like to think that when push comes to shove, they would kind of live longer than they would. But I, I, I honestly don't know. I've never been. Put- and it's weird that like in that situation, the most prepared guy would be Bear Grylls, but it's the guy you would least <laughs> yeah. want to be with. The thing. <laughs> but you know what? I, I actually think there's quite an interesting element to here, which is it, just knowing you both uh, pretty well. Like, I don't think I don't think you'll be very high maintenance. That's the thing. I think you'll you'll develop a system quite quickly of how to cope with it, and you'll mm. just get on with it. You won't be. There's a lot of people who are going to be really, you know, you look at how people are acting about the masks, right? Yeah. Like they're, mm. they're they're so high maintenance that they can't deal with it. It's that whole survival thing. As my mom, my mum always says, as long as she has flour, water, and salt, she'll never starve. So yeah, I think I think those could, those could be the essentials as well. Because also you could pass off the flour as cocaine and do drug deals. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but it's a, they're kind of built from a different cloth, though. Especially like you know, I mean, is your your yeah, mom, your mom, yes, yeah, first, first generation, generation, yeah, yeah. So she came in the 60s. Like you know, even even just the idea of you know killing a chicken to cook it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just that basic idea is like to 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 our you know to our sort of family that came from back home. That's not a mental idea. But if you go to majority of people in this country and go like, "Bro, you're gonna have to kill that cow." to eat it it would be such a foreign idea it's like well I just want to have nuggets well you're going to have to kill another seven of these chickens (laughs) because that's nuggets that's where nuggets come from so yeah and I think it's like you know in terms of like adapting I think that the human mind has a way of adjusting to adverse situations it's sort of like you ever hear about them stories of them guys who go prison in Bangkok which is the most horrific fucking situation and the most horrific conditions, but they just adapt. Mm. <laughs> there, though. Like your mind just has a way where it, I think if you're a certain build of person, and I'm not saying I'm that build of person, I don't know. I, never I think class has something to do with it, mate. I think class will often have a, a role to play there because, yeah, I think some of us just, just, but just can adapt. I think, Howard, in terms of class, I think all class dictates is how many leagues you have to be relegated to before you can return to that like, savage mode. So, does that, mean, does that make sense, <laughs> like If you're not at one percent, you, yeah, you, you probably have to come be relegated and drop a few points before you get back into like you know yeah. drinking tap water, and then you have to drop a few more points before you know you start yeah, having yeah, to kill yeah. hunt your own meat, and then there's a few more points when you're just yeah. back to basically loincloths and face paint. Yeah, there's still, there's going to be guys that who were in the one percent running around the apocalypse still wearing a suit. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, no, yeah, like I'll give okay, you stocks like, and bonds in this briefcase. Please, what do you want? I I, I had a yacht. I can make you a very rich man. Just listen. And people are like, rich man, I just want to eat your tongue. (laughs) Why? Why did he eat my tongue? You seem like a smart man. <laughs> I, think those days. I, I think if you, I think if you live past the first ten years, I think communities start, will start. Building, yeah. You know? yeah, you know, I think, I think, I think after like there will be a time where people start building little towns and communities, and trade would happen again. But I think you just got to get over that initial people looting, rioting, going crazy, murdering. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? The like, 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 the violence, and just, and just, the, and just the crazy sorrow. Some people, like Howard, just giving up. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. just hiding, just hiding in the comment. Come comment, find Howard. Howard, I've come to rescue you, and it's just a bowl of couscous mixed with sleeping pills. <laughs> <laughs> Howard, no! <laughs> oh 
Oh my god! How is that fucking funny? Yeah, man? it's. Uh, uh, let, well, hopefully, we've really helped our <laughs> listeners. Essential tools for survival. If it happened, um, and it was a brilliant, it was a, it was a brilliant, brilliant question, Dane. We love that question. question. I love the hypotheticals, right, Dane? We don't exactly. Get yeah, more hypotheticals than that for listeners. But yeah, that was a great question, yeah. Jamali. <laughs> nice, nice one, nice one, Jamali. Really good. <laughs> If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So I, I was going to change the tone, uh, which is often the way this podcast works, right? Um, uh, apologies if this isn't as, as uh, hilarious as, uh, as the last question, but that's how we roll, right, Dave? Absolutely. That's how we do our Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Question everything. It's everything. So I had an I had a feeling um, uh, on Sunday actually because me and Dane, uh, as as listeners will will find out, we did a lovely uh, live podcast recording uh, for the London Podcast Festival, which was just amazing, right, Dane? It was such a brilliant, even in this pandemic. Yeah, no, it was really it was really good and uh, good crowd, good crowd. And thanks again to everybody who came out and supported live in the flesh. And also a massive, massive shout out to uh, Jess Foster Q and Dan Triber as well that were uh, so gracious to come and join us on the pod. So you guys can look forward to seeing that, you know, uh, listening to that. And um, and, and then uh, I was really happy afterwards. Uh, a friend of mine was there. I had a beer with a friend uh, after the, like, imagine that. I, I couldn't believe that I was drinking a beer. And then I had to go and walk to get my car. And I had a Five Guys burger. And I, wow. <laughs> at that point, Dane, I, and, and Jamali, I thought I was winning at life uh just like perfect moment of winning at life and i wanted to ask you both because i massively respect you both both of your work uh and you know what you guys represent in our industry uh and you know just just culturally as well how you kind of how you kind of do your thing how often do you guys feel that you are winning at life Mm. good Good question question, man that's a really good question because I'm going to just quickly just precursor with one thing, which is to say, never. Never for me. And it was just Sunday because it was like, it's a little buzz. You know, you get off stage, you know, you had fun, mm-hmm. quick beer, five guys burger. I'm in the car listening to, <laughs> listening to music. And I'm perfect. Right. It just doesn't happen that often. <laughs> I feel, I feel like in terms of winning at life, uh, I think I'm quite a person. I think it's quite uh, common with comics as well is, you know, you, it, to, to make you do comedy, you kind of might have had some uh, um, 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 issues with, say, you know, uh, uh, feelings about yourself yeah. to why you need to go on stage and get yeah, laughing exactly. from people, right? So I'm very self-critical. So, you know, my sort of uh, um, how I feel I'm winning in life comes in very, like, uh, uh, sections, but I don't think there's an overall arc because I think, especially when you're in showbiz, there's always mm. that next thing. And, and I think, as well as you can kind of get caught up, and I've faced it myself. And I think since the pandemic, really, I've kind of appreciated more what I have, you know, because I know there's a lot of other people who have it worse than me, not even just in comedy, but, you know, just in life. 
So it kind of made me appreciate. So I go, actually, you know, my life's okay. I am kind of winning in the game of life. You know, I get to like, you know, wake up when I want on a Monday. Yeah, that's exactly. pretty good. You know, I'm saying like that's not, that's not a bad fucking life, you know. But um, yeah, and it's just, you know, and I, I try to, you know, keep away from it. But it happens to all the best of us is I think in this game, especially people will try and people tell you what you want. And so it kind of makes you not appreciate what you have. You know what I mean? Because they're like, you could get a TV show and they're like, yeah, but, you know, you, you, you should yeah, maybe yeah, try and get a Netflix yeah, special. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. your head, you're like, I need a exactly. Netflix special. <laughs> Where before, I would never give a shit about that type of stuff. So in terms of, do I feel like I'm winning in life? Sometimes, but I think, you know, it comes to Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, yeah, you put it, you've put it really well, Jamali. And I think, you know, it's, for me, in terms of happiness, I'd say, like, so historically, uh, happiness is very similar to, like, you know, the whole comedian aesthetic where it's like everyone in the room can be laughing but when you're a comedian it's the one person that's not laughing that you focus on and i think sometimes mm-hmm. uh historically as a comedian and as, as a person that can kind of be the thing that is impedes my happiness in that like no, my life can be going well and stuff like that but sometimes and i guess it might be more of an empath em, empathetic thing or an artist thing it's very hard to enjoy all of it if you can see people close to you or directly linked to you having a hard time so for me, for mm. example, it, it can be like, yeah, my comparative privilege has been afforded by my status as a performer, as an artist, and, you know, what it can potentially earn in this industry. But then you might look at the iniquity that other, you know, you know, members of the black community or the uh, what's referred to as the BAME community, the iniquity that they're suffering. It's hard to be fully happy kind of thing. So I suppose it's like, I like, mm. I'm happy that I'm eating. And I mean that in the uh, figurative sense, mm. but it's very hard for you to enjoy a meal with everyone else on the table starving. But I think what people say is uh, happiness. Is, is it reality minus expectation? I was literally about to do the, the phrase yeah, yeah. that I do, mm. I reckon, about every six episodes. I think, but I think that, uh, that really resonated very well with me because like, like Jamali said, it's, um, happiness is such a subjective idea that, um, you know, sometimes people will try and homogenize that idea and tell you what should be in your life to make you happy. And I was thinking, like, you have to remember, like, 10 years ago, I was happy if someone said to buy me a drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bro, I, I'll be real with you. When I start, and I know it's sort of like, uh, it sort of sounds like, uh, to pay me to the listeners, that our happiness only comes from our success in comedy, but it's one of the things of it really, literally yeah, just yeah. becomes your life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so all of my life mm-hmm. is this thing, you know what I mean? I don't really, my social yeah. life is talking to other comics, you know what I mean? Like, so, it, you know, so it's, sorry if it does sound a little bit too um, abstract for people, but it's like, it's kind of one of them things of when I started comedy, my only dream was yeah, to yeah. play Amsterdam. Of course, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying though? That was, that was it. That's, all, that's totally the only thing I've wanted to do and, you know, and it's, and so, you know, so when I look look at the things you achieve and stuff, I remember I was talking to my uncle once, and my uncle's just like normal dude, mm. fucking mechanic, and he came to one of my shows, and we are talking about comedy, and he was like, oh, so where you been? And I was telling him the countries I've been to and the things I've done, and he says to me, it's good because, you know, no one can ever take that from you. Like, no matter what happens, it's more if they say, Jamali, no more comedy. I've done all those things and I've mm. lived that life, you know? So you kind of got to hold on to those things, I think, especially in these times where everything's Absolutely. so uncertain. The only thing we have is our achievements and our... Like everyone, you're in somewhat of an industrial bubble. So when we talk about like, oh, I had to get up early and get the flight to go and do the show in Estonia, the next day we're going to Finland. And we're talking about it quite matter-of-factly when it's like, you're being flown to a country you've never been before for people that have never seen you before in real mm-hmm. life to sit down and watch you perform comedy and mm-hmm. laugh. And it's like, that is insane. But I feel like, you know what, it's, it's, I think it's required... Uh, the stillness of lockdown for being able to kind of observe that because as I said, because happiness yeah. a lot of time or what should make you happy is suggested to you. I think for a long time, like you said, we uh, will we'll achieve, but we're told that, that, you know, it should be seen as a given that you're supposed to achieve more. That ambition is supposed to be a natural part of your complex as an artist within this industry and, you know, ascension to what echelons of, you know, achievement you can have. That's supposed to be a given, yeah. like whether it's within an award or winning a BAFTA or an RTA and then what's next and what's next. But it's like, you know, I think for me, still remembering like getting paid to do something you like doing and uh yes that's yeah. the, that's the be all and end all of 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 of, of what we get to, you know we're lucky to do right and i kind of often think about this and how uh you know if <clears throat> i've got a friend who i, I love dearly he 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 drives uh you know a cab uh and you know that's a perfectly legitimate life and business and looks after his family and occasionally he'll tell me a funny story or he, he had someone famous in the car and 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 you know that's it really there's you know sometimes it was good today sometimes it wasn't as good 
uh, that's it, right? You know, and 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 and, and I often look at that that, that and, and and other people in that world where their lives are not gonna potentially roll. I kind of almost phrase it like, are they gonna roll the six or roll the? You know, are they gonna have the major high? Often there's major lows in any job or any life, unfortunately. But the, the mm-hmm. major highs that, like, I mean, I don't know, like, Jamali, the first time you made uh, a dock or, you know, yeah, Dane, yeah, yeah. when you s- smashed Apollo for the first time, like, those highs are something that most people will just never get. And therefore, mm-hmm. that at those moments, I don't know what you guys did after you had those first major milestones. Did you go and get your... I think the Five Guys Burger was the re- the reason I really felt happy on Sunday. Yeah, you might have just been um, hopped up on MSG, yeah. though. <laughs> <laughs> I, to be honest with you, we're getting older now, so like we can't just eat Five Guys whenever yeah. we want. So it, it's kind of like a high point in our day. Yeah, like, yeah, no, I just exactly. like Five Guys. It was no a more. professional. It was the professional feeling of of the podcast mixed with this kind of like. And the adrenaline, gratification, the, the yeah. dopamine from achieving yeah, something, hard. and also that's a good, that's a t- that's a tasty burger. That's probably that is a tasty burger. Everyone's in that making you be like, yeah, take on the world. <laughs> and so I, I kind of think that there's an interesting comparison to just make when you look at the the kind of world outside of our thing, which is which is how often do people who don't get to experience those highs feel that they're winning at life? And 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 if I, not that we can answer that, but I almost feel like if civilization can answer that we might dispense with some of the nonsense that we distract ourselves with because like everyone should feel yeah, that they're winning their life. But you know what? It's that weird thing as well. And I think a lot of it's to do with, and I know this quite sounds, cause I'm, you know, London centric and, but it's harder to yeah. be happy in London because it's just, everything is faster. It's more lonely. It's more expensive. Like people that I know that live in a smaller city, like a Manchester, a Birmingham, a Leeds, you know, and even if they just have a normal gig, they are generally more happier people. And I think as well is like when you're living in London and you're living the fast pacing, you kind of lose sight of what is important. Jamali, you know mate, like, like we grew up in the same neighborhood, you know, me and Jamali in, in Ilford. And, you know, I spent my whole life in London and a couple of years ago, I got married and moved to Hertfordshire, which is, you know, 25 minutes from London. I've never been yeah. more chilled in my approach to the world than where I live now. Like it has completely mm. altered. I was so much angrier. <laughs> I was so much mm. more ready to, sometimes I woke up this morning uh, and my baby slept till like seven. So I've got nothing to piss, get pissed off about there. And I, I was just annoyed for some reason. I was trying to work out why I was annoyed. And I was just like, well, it's just because that's what I've been used to most of my life. <laughs> it's just, just yeah. getting ready to be angry to face the world, right? It's like, that what? isn't what life's about. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think a lot, you know, a lot of people is just like, you know, as long as their bills are paid, they can go on a decent holiday and buy a steak dinner now and again. I think, you know, that's a good life, man. And I think as well, it's that you can't get wrapped up in this sort of capitalistic exactly, yeah, and, yeah. you know, like not everyone can exactly. be a rapper, man. Like me and Dane and you are blessed to have a job like this. But you know what, man? It's not the most important thing in the world. It's really not. Like, and, I've, and we've been there. Like being on TV is fine. <laughs> it really, it really isn't. No one stays famous as well. A lot of the uh, images we see of that that's of happiness are linked to ca- uh, capital gain and stuff as well. No oh, man, that must be why. That must be why I feel like I'm winning at life. I guess a lot, Dane, because I don't give a fuck. Well, about exactly. Well, that's, that's the extension to the question I was going to ask Howard. Is that if because obviously that is part of a binary paradigm of competition, winning and losing. So if you're winning in life, which you which is a state that some people should, everyone should try to enjoy. So who's losing? Mm. That's I think that's the issue because which is what I was saying before is that like if I'm winning in life, it's nice to think I'm winning in life, but if I'm winning, am I winning at the expense of another human being losing? And are there dependent or independent variables that dictate this? If I don't get a gig or or a job, but someone I like gets it, then shouldn't I be happy that they get to enjoy, you know, an experience and they can actually use mm. that to kind of remunerate their family or take care of themselves? Yeah. Or do I am I pissed because I've lost that opportunity to increase my profile and my wealth? So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. But it's like, it's a tough one, man, because you know <laughs> you're sort of you're you know you're you're only playing yourself in this game, isn't it? Exactly. And you kinda, yeah. You know you're trying to get as many points as you can, but it's trying to also not be a cunt while you're doing. Well, this it. is it, yeah. And, and I think that's the thing is that happiness. I guess the way I try and remedy that is that I guess 
to try and ponder my, uh, I try not to ponder my own individual happiness because obviously as a human being, I'm part of a social species. So I guess I feel like if I eat, everyone around me should eat, right? So yeah, as I said, I find a lo- it's a lot easier for me to experience happiness when people around me aren't experiencing hardships. Yeah, man, but I, I do feel sometimes I'm winning at life. But, I think um, you're both winning. I think you're both, I think all yeah, three of us yeah. are winning pretty... In the whole, I do. I just think, I've, you know, I'm sort of thinking more about it because of the sort of question I want to give an honest mm. answer. But I think in, in terms yeah. of life, you know what, man? I, I think of how bad it could yes, have been. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I look, I look at people around me that I grew up with and uh, who are, you know, exactly, they're just as funny as I am, but they just never pursued it. And, you know, how sort of situations my friends are in and that. And, you know, I think I'm winning. I think, mm. you know. I'll I'm tell right. you another way that I'm winning. I bought uh, a uh, a heated uh, clothes horse. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's winning. That is Tell winning, you, lads, man. that heated clothes horse, that's like, it's like putting on like... Oh, it's like putting on hot butter. Yeah, I've got one and I just broke it the other day. Oh, no. What what I'm saying is, are we not going to return to washing lines where we have to leave our clothes at the mercy of Mother Nature? (laughs) And if Mother Nature dictates that we're going to have damp clothing in this new apocalypse, maybe that's the way things have to go, Howard. (laughs) You maybe need to get a solar-powered clothesline. Oh, those already exist. It's called hanging out your washing outside. (laughs) Well, we we got to the bottom of two questions there and... uh, (laughs) Uh, I think we're all winning it. And, and I definitely think, you know, the way audiences and your fans respond to both of you, um, man, yeah, we're, we're, you're, you guys are, uh, have given a lot to the world. So that's what, that's what matters in, in a lot of ways, right? Is that people, people want to, people want to hear what you're doing. Uh, yeah. And, and also people can listen to what you've created and, mm. uh, hopefully they can feel like they're winning too. Well, um, we, we hope all our listeners are winning today, uh, when they're listening to this show, uh, and, um, Hey, Dane, it's over to you for the, the final question of today's show. Absolutely. And uh, so I have, I feel, I like to say, without being too presumptuous, I've noticed that, uh, Jamali, you're somewhat of an anthropologist. You like to study people? I do. I like, I like, I like, I like the sort of weird and wonderful world. Of yeah, people. yeah. And, it's, and, and uh, you know, you seem to have a very healthy fascination with the various tribes of this here planet Earth. Um, evidenced by a very, very good documentary, Hate Thy Neighbour. And if people haven't seen it, I very much encourage you to watch it. I think the last four years, for most people, have been very revelatory. And I think there are some people, as crazy it will sound to you and I, Jamali, and yourself, Howard, I don't think some people understood how deep the hatred runs in the West. Um, whereas yourself, you were uh, many years ahead of the curve and the documented all of this stuff. So when these, uh, before these flames were as high as they were and they were just embers, you kind of was uh, had boots on the ground, Jamali. So mm-hmm. I say all that to say this, yeah. <laughs> Do you think, based on the people you've spoken to, hatred can win? Oh, that's a, that's, a, that's a good question, man. I don't think people understand how deep it is that, you know, especially in America, people's entire identity mm. is rooted within their idea of supremacy and privilege. Do you know what? That, that's that's the, such a good way to put it is that their identity is so much of that. And without that, they literally have mm. nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like literally without, without having that identity of superiority or without even just having a, uh, a, a something, you know, they have nothing. And, you know, to answer the question, and I don't think it's an easy question to answer, can they win? Of course they can win. You know what I'm saying? Of course, of course, that ideology can win. Do I think it will win? I hope not. You know, I've sort of become less and less sort of optimistic and sort of kumbayaism <laughs> as the years have gone on. You know what I'm saying? I think, you know, the idea of saying, can it win? It can, you know, it can completely take over, you know, and I think there's sort of like a really uh, strange sort of battle happening right now where everybody, or not everybody, but there's so many people polarized in their ideas. And so right now we have this weird war going on between extremes. And what's happening is we're all getting sucked up into the extremes. And I think until we kind of have our thing where like, no, 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 I'm left wing, but I'm not them guys. Or no, 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 I'm kind of right wing, you know, economically conservative, but I'm not them fucking crazy guys. As as long as we keep on getting sucked up into a side that isn't actually our side yeah i think and then then we're fucked do you know yeah, what i'm saying because yeah, yeah. I, I just feel like yeah the, the, the hatred thing is that like we've gotten to a point yet yeah, where it's uh, almost it's defined logic i feel like for example you know we are how many years deep into uh, brexit negotiations and i feel like we still fail to realize and whether you voted for or remain 
that a large part of the decision which has led to this was fueled by xenophobia and, uh, you know, hatred towards immigrants and asylum seekers. And I think that that kind of was the uh, thought process that kind of has overshadowed any other potentially benevolent reasons for leaving the European Union. Um, mm. But yeah, it, it looks like at this point now, it's very clear, to, and as it was to a lot of people that only voted to remain, that without the information, we were definitely voting against our own self-interest. But some people just yeah. don't really want to acknowledge it. And I'm not sure. It became a it became this weird protest. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying, and it's like something that should be by. I listened to you when you were talking to Adam Rowe, and you were talking about the COVID yeah. thing. How it should be a bipartisan thing. It's about health and safety. It's a fucking pandemic, but it becomes a sort of like uh, identity. And it's like, and it's how like if you're if you was a Remainer, it came with a whole bunch of ideologies that had nothing to do with remain with staying in the EU. And if you voted leave, it became with a whole bunch of ideologies that had nothing to do with leaving the EU. It just became sort of like a, a, a protest or a sort of like a, 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 a signifier to what you believe on the whole, when it kind of wasn't nothing to do with that. It's about trade. Yeah, it's about, exactly. <laughs> you know trade, I mean? trade deals have nothing to do with if you think absolutely. there should be uh, gender neutral toilets. It, absolutely. <laughs> they, they don't, they they're not, they're not linked don't in the slightest. And it's, and it's so interesting you they say that link. because it's, it's like, it's so funny that it's the, that it's the one aspect because it's the whole thing about the Brexit thing is kind of like going back on the, you know, Maastricht Treaty, but the whole thing is economically based. It's based on trade and basically movement within Europe. And these are all, they're all dealing with issues of a commercial nature. So how it became one about, you know, how we've been able to kind of make a conversation about integrity and making a conversation about like, you know, people's uh, disposition in terms of how they see other people outside of their own countries. It's a, uh, like you said, how, how are we talking about trade and we got onto like gender neutral toilets? Like it is absolutely insane. Yeah. But I think that's, yeah. like, that was it's quite got, a suggestion as well, wasn't it? Like with people that they, like the Daily Mail and like other publications would be like, mm-hmm. this guy is using the EU law for his human rights, uh, for human rights. So they can't get him off this roof. And our trades are delayed. People are like, because yeah. I think, and obviously it's axiomatic. People are be like, well, if that's what they're doing, we should get rid of our human rights. And they're out of control. <laughs> it's such a strange thing where we're voting against I know. human rights. <laughs> yeah. like, but uh, you see, like when I started making Hate Thy mm. Neighbor, it was it was such a strange thing because I remember we, the first episode we did was mm. Sweden and they were telling us they were alt-right and we didn't know what that meant hmm. because it hmm. was like Trump was still a laughable candidate. You know, and there wasn't, you know, there was sort of like, you know, murmurs of the rise of the right, but it was kind of stuck to 4chan forum pages. It wasn't really, you know, on the streets as much as it is yeah. now. But, it, you know, in the last, you know, what that, I made that five years ago, it's, 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 it's so dramatic now. And I, and I like to think it's generational. I like to think that, you know, my, my little sister's generation will be different. It definitely has peaks and troughs, right? It has, it has, it has rises and falls, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we can sustain that though. I think there needs to be um, big, drastic changes, or we can't sustain having fucking um, um, swings what? and roundabouts. They can't. I don't think we. I think we're coming to the end of uh, three steps forward, two steps and, back. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think we can yeah. carry on like this. I think you're I making I kind of. It. I think you're making incredible points, and and I, I think my approach to this, and it's kind of the last kind of in 2020 I've, I've been working on my normal stuff in comedy but also working on some documentary stuff that I've told Dane about that's kind of quite heavy and it makes you kind of try and analyse things slightly differently because you realise that you obviously are bringing a perspective to a subject there's no there's no way you can't right it's just impossible I've, I've yeah. deliberately in the last few months tried to kind of really pull myself out of that and try and understand you know, just just using you know America as an example. You know, you can use many countries as examples. That that why is this happening? You know, that, that's one of the things mm-hmm. that that people don't really want to face up to. And and you know, personally, you know, I'm a Jew, grew up with plenty of anti-Semitism, and you know, will always mm-hmm. be anti-racist and anti-prejudice. That's just the basis of who I am. Um, I didn't mm-hmm. ever think that I would end up being as anti whatever the fuck this is on the left. That I'm hearing where people are literally yeah. condemning people off the back of like they're much more happy to just throw you away and never have stomp their feet and never play with you again than engage you in a yeah. conversation which I think is one of the most dangerous things we've we've ever seen and 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 to, and to me yeah. it all centers around this one point and and, and then I'll hand it back to you guys which is on the yeah. right wing 
you are able to get across a very clear message that can be summed up so simply in a slogan, a phrase, not to say that's healthy, by the way, that they can sum it up so simply, but yeah. they can get their message across to you so clearly that they're just pulling people in. No matter who yeah. you are, they can pull you in. Old people, young people, people of all sorts of demographics. On the left, mm. right now, you stand for fucking nothing. Keir Starmer... I don't know what the fuck that guy is. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. unfortunately, Joe Biden, I'm sure he's a lovely bloke. I bet he's a really pleasant human being in many he's cases. Establishment. He's but he establishment. is not standing for fuck all in, 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 in you know, mm. in, in anything, really. I don't know what he is at the moment. And on that basis, the left are going to keep losing until they rebrand and rethink what they want to stand for. Mm. I think it's the, uh, <clears throat> as well as what, what we got to understand, I think what the left have to do is figure out what the fuck the left yeah. is now. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Because I think the problem is when we say left, it means so much different things. And it's kind of the same with the right too, because I'm not, you know, like I don't agree with conservative ideas. Like personally, it's just not my thing. You know, maybe I'm a London liberal, whatever the fuck, you know, but it just doesn't, you know, I don't, I don't really agree with it. But there's some people that are conservatives that I don't hate and I don't think they're racist. I think they're just a little bit, you know, financially conservative and that's fine. But it's like, the problem is, is we've got these extreme elements on both sides that have become mainstream yeah. ideas. And some of them are even, and, I don't think, and some of them are, because a lot of this discourse takes place on the internet, some of these are actually just, yeah. I mean, you could argue manifestations of the extremes of these ideologies. So almost people exhibiting the ideology by definition, mm. because you can do that on the mm. internet and you can almost have an embellished mm. version of these things. Whereas I think most people, as you said, Jamali correctly, have much more of a duality. Like, for example, as a you know, the son of Caribbean immigrants. I know for a fact that obviously people would argue by this position, you are automatically on the left because you are a non-white Anglo-Saxon person living in the UK. But then by the same token, you know, a lot of the ideas and the ideals in terms of my upbringing will have their root in Christian conservatism. And and that could be the same for a lot of my peers and stuff as well. And it's not that, you know, I share the sentiment of the Republican Party in terms of like restricting, like, you know, trans people joining them, transgender people joining the military or yeah, gay marriage. I, yeah, I don't have yeah, those yeah. issues. But at the same time, I recognize the importance of and I would never oppose, you know, the idea of like, you know, my mom, my mom going to church on a Sunday or going to midnight mass on Christmas Eve. So yeah. I think what's happened is, like you said, is that um, people have been able to weaponize hatred and, you know, through some, I guess, through straw man tactics and through uh, manipulation, they've been able to push people a lot mm. on the fringes of the bipartisan um, political spectrum more than they had ever been. Because I've always tried to argue mm. with people, like, for example, when we talk about left and right, like I said, our understanding of them is that, um, for me, I've never seen pure capitalism in, in existence and I've never seen pure communism in his existence. I say that because... You could argue that North Korea is one of the most communist countries in the world, if not the most communist country. But Kim Jong-un inherited his uh, position as supreme leader from Kim Jong-il. So there was no demo democracy involved. And also that's dynastic. So that's more of a country being run like a monarchy. So that's more feudal than it was is, is, is and communist. They, and and they, then, you know, you have the Bank of Bela in 2008, which I would argue sparked all of this online division and all this dis uh, distraction. That comes from, you know, the epitome of capitalist institutions, a bank, relying on taxpayer money, which mm. is socialist, to bail itself out of trouble because it was in too big to fail, which is a concept that doesn't economically work within a free market. So it's, mm. it's, I, I, think, I just think yeah. the hatred has kind of been stoked to the point. I mean, it's, it's to the point of impossible levels because, you know, like I said, for me, white supremacy, you could look at it biologically. For you to continue this when you are already a global minority, there's nothing short of incest. Is the only way you're going to be able to continue the aesthetic and the ideology which you regard as white, unless you are actually making people in a laboratory, which could be the way we're going. Mm -hmm. uh, also, that being said, is that like in order for, you know, any free market to continue to prosper, you need to be involved in international trade or immigration, one of the two. So being an isolated nation mm -hmm. that doesn't participate in global trade, especially when you're one which consumes a third of the planet's resources, like the United States, then having this jingoistic hatred towards other what? nations, how long is that going to run for? You know, so you've mm. got yeah, yeah. It's it's a, it's it's just, a, it's a, it's a matter. So which is why I'm. So, but but at the same time, I think because these fires of hatred have been stoked so much, and they provide so much privilege for people because, especially because of the fact that people can revel in their hatred through these new echo chambers and stuff that have come come along through social networking. 
I'm just like, yeah, I just don't know how much longer it can continue on both sides because that shit must be exhausting as well to be, to be hating all the time. And I just feel like it can't be a coincidence that some of the biggest, the countries most known for their prolific white supremacy, United Kingdom, United States, and, you know, like mm-hmm. Brazil, are also the countries where people mm-hmm. are uh, received the most psychiatric treatment, uh, the most cosmetic surgery, uh, highest incidence of opioid addiction. So... Who is winning here? Can can hatred? I mean, ideologically, maybe hatred can win, but can it win in terms of uh, practically? Can can the theory work as its practice work out? Because you know, the Proud Boys, for example, they also like to drink a few beers, and it's real hard for you to maintain a war of attrition if you're drunk all the time. So, <laughs> I mean, but it's like you know, it's just it's just they it, it can't it can't it can't you know, and it's sort of this weird thing now what's happened, and it's like. You know, because I'm, and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest with you. It's like I think that you know, when it, especially with the white supremacy uh, system we have now, or sort of like the system we have now that privileges a few mm-hmm. but not everyone, but they allow a couple people in, right? So you might have a sports star, you might have an athlete who's a millionaire, and that's sort of seen as a privilege. Uh, you, you know, when I, when I, you know, and this is like a, uh, it's an uncomfortable point to me to admit, but when I would go to these Trump rallies, there'll be more brown and black faces than you mm. would want to expect there. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's because, you know, some people benefit off the system that aren't white, but it's like they, you know, and it's sort of like a fuck you, I'm okay yeah. mentality. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we got to deal with that. You know, that's a whole nother element to the fucking argument that we got to deal with now is these sort of people that do benefit off it or do have a sort of nice life living amongst that system or want to see that system prevail, even though they're not the people. Who- yeah, but yeah, it appears to be in their own, against their own self-interest. But, you know, that, that, par- that paradigm's always existed in that you've always had a proletariat, proletariat that's manipulated by the powers that be, and they will enlist the bourgeoisie to either control or distract, you know, the proletariat. Mm-hmm. So, like, you do have kind of sometimes what may we refer to as a black boulet or the talented tenth, as uh, Dubois kind of referred to them, where a lot of times, like you said, it's the whole thing about happiness whereby people are like, oh, yeah, I did all right. So I'm making my life happy. So you should be able to be doing it in the same pursuit of happiness you have yourself. And, yeah, it's worrying, man. But I always, I always feel like that, that mentality is quite easy where people feel like if the person that hates me and my bully, if I saddle up to him, he'll bully everybody else and leave me alone for a bit longer. And that's, I think that's just the mentality, man, yeah. really. So even that, I don't, I don't think, even that duality, I don't think that can survive for that long well, I'm sure I speak for, for most of our listeners when I say that we hope it doesn't win, Dane, and uh, do your bit to try and stop it. I would it. say, you know, it's yeah. like, uh, what did Martin Luther King say? Can't defeat uh, light with darkness, but you can defeat darkness with light in that if you bring a candle into a dark room, that room will be illuminated. Hmm. But if there's a candle or light in a room, darkness can't come and take it. And t- so, yeah. Just use that, yeah. yeah. that one person doing something different, Howard, that one person not laughing in the crowd. That one person not doing that Nazi mm. salute. It takes one person. Mm. It's been a, I mean, it's flown by. Absolutely, episode, yeah. Right, Dane. Just like that's a, a, an hour. We hope our listeners loved. Absolutely. Uh, it's been Jamali, thank you so much for coming to the pod because yeah, that did fly by. No, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it, man. And uh, for those who are not aware of Jamali's work, uh, Jamali does a very good job of continuing this conversation with his uh, uh, show on Vice Land, which is Hate Thy Neighbour. Um, so please do check it out if you haven't. Uh, Jamali, where else can our listeners find your good works, please? I am on, obviously, Instagram, uh, Jamali Maddox. I'm on Twitter, Jamali Maddox, Facebook, Jamali Maddox, uh, with the whole COVID thing. I don't really know about touring right now. I should be doing a show in London. I should be doing like a some theatre show with socially distance in London coming up soon. So if you want to come catch me, talk some crud shit, then fucking That's come it. down, man. Crud life forever, guys. Um, yeah, this leads me to say <laughs> you know thanks again to the honorary member of the Wu-Tang working in the UK, Jamali Maddox. Thank you very much. Keep, keep, nice stay, stay being a hype beast. If you don't know Jamali, just check out his page, guys. Like, this guy is like a walking hip-hop <laughs> account. And he thought... <laughs> I knew you were going to come with No, that. people need to know... Let me tell you, ladies and those of you who are non-binary <laughs> as well, yeah, if you want to just look at the equivalent of like a Tumblr for the best dressed comedian, check out Jamali's exclusive stuff. Yeah. Maybe he's got a deep pocket and maybe get you something on the resale as well. So. Nah, most comedians took over, man. I'm telling you, most comedians took over. 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 Most comedians um, but yeah, please do check out Jamali's stuff. In the meantime, Jamali, thanks again, brother. No, I will see you man. soon. Definitely hate win, and I'll catch you on the other side. Um, but yeah, have a wonderful day, sir. All right, bye-bye.
you've been listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, hosted by Dane Baptiste. For more from Dane, go to danebaptiste.co.uk or follow him on Twitter at DaneBaptweets or Instagram at DaneSnapTeast. Our guest was Jamali Maddox. You can follow Jamali on Twitter and Instagram at Jamali Maddox. The show is produced by me, Howard Cohen. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Howard Cohen. The show is mixed and mastered by Decode. You can follow D on Twitter and Instagram at Official Decode. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at DBQE Podcast. Thanks to Polly, Gelly, and the ACAST team for all their support. Thanks for listening, guys, and remember, question everything. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.